My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hello, welcome to episode 97 of Legally Clueless. Super excited that you are listening to this podcast. Just a reminder, join our online fam on Instagram at Legally Clueless Podcast. And then Twitter, I love connecting with everybody who tweets about the podcast, good or bad. Just use the hashtag Legally Clueless in your tweets. Now that that's done, how are you? (laughs) I'm in such a good mood, such a good mood. But before I get to why, in this episode, I'm very excited about the story you will hear. Because especially when it comes to business, the stories that get told are only the sexy stories. <laughs> like you don't get very real and balanced story. But in this episode, you will listen to this. When I was around five years old, I used to sketch. Primary school, our like our gikomba, I'd go there, the clothes were cheap. They were like five bob, ten bob, twenty bob. But I'd go buy and sell them for like fifty bob. I didn't account for starting a shop where I'll pay rent. So I closed down and took my business home. There our days I think I wouldn't even leave bed where did I go wrong you know you start replaying scenes and you're thinking did I do this maybe I had too many people I saved up enough money to start now my shop in October of now 2018 then I launched and I was like hey shop new level we have a store let me tell you on the internet people will congratulate you you can get 600 comments I think I got almost 600 but I got zero sales how am I paying rent <laughs> how am I paying rent this is the pace people are buying at with time I've started accepting that Nancy Giamini and people have also believed in you. That is a story by Nancy Mwai. It's going to be coming up a little later in this episode. So back to my good mood. I am back home from my writing retreat that I went to this past week. It was a solo trip. My first time ever doing a solo trip. And let me tell you... I'm going to be doing them like I think every two months. I know I said every three to four months, but eh, it's so good for your soul. It's so good for your spirit. If you can take a solo trip, please do. You can actually just get onto Airbnb, the cottage that I went to, which is so beautiful. I just found on Airbnb and I will put a link in the description of this episode to that actual cottage. This is not sponsored. It's just that the host was so wonderful. The space is so as soon as I drove in, hey, my heart, everything was just calm and I would love you to experience that as well. So yeah, as I was saying, if you can go on a solo trip, please do. It's you just are at peace with yourself. You can listen to your thoughts a bit more. You can reflect You can do things that bring you joy. On that note of joy, that's something that we kind of deny ourselves of, especially if the thing that brings us joy isn't linked to like a revenue stream or your job or like a big project. You know what I mean? Like you will not go out of your way to do the things that bring you joy. And I I hope that you can change that this year. So I went there uh, the first day. I thought I was not going to do any writing of poetry, but I was so inspired. I wrote, I think, five pieces that are all under one banner that could hopefully run as its own short poetry film in one afternoon stroke evening. (laughs) Imagine. Then the next day, was it the next day? I can't remember which day, but there's another piece that I wrote. I'd always wanted to write about slavery in East Africa, which I feel like nobody really talks about. And I was able to write a piece about slavery in Kenya and tying it to religion. I mean, 
I shouldn't be explaining the poem, especially if I'm going to share it with you, because I'd love you to interpret it on a clean slate. But I was so happy that I finally managed to write that piece. Like it finally got out. It was so refreshing. And I was just like listening to my favorite songs. Ugh. I loved it. I loved it so much. I can't wait to go either back to that cottage or a couple of other cottages that I found still on Airbnb and still on my poetry. I realize I haven't shared this here. I think I do post some of my poetry on my website and I'll put a link to that in the description of this episode. The pieces you will see there are older pieces. So none of the pieces that I wrote during this writing retreat have been shared yet. So while I was there, I, you know, was in this peaceful space that I could just think about my life, think about where I am at, which is such a beautiful space. Ah, over 10 years of intentional healing has gotten me to this point where I'm just intoxicated with freedom and I'm doing really well in terms of living in the present moment. I'm surrounded by good energy. I'm at peace and we're 10 years. (laughs) So intentional healing is rough. It's super painful, but once you start seeing the fruits of it, it is wonderful. So anyway, I was alone in my thoughts and I'd like to share like three truths that came to me while I was on this trip. The first one being don't rush through life. I think we forget that life really does happen in the now. It doesn't happen in the past. It doesn't happen in the future. It happens in the now. And we're so focused on either of those two that we we're rushing life. Instead of like just sit there and, and, and enjoy it as it's happening in the now. I don't know if that makes sense. But honestly, if you can take anything from this specific truth, it's that life only happens in the now. It doesn't happen in the future because the future hasn't happened yet. It doesn't happen in the past because that's gone. It only happens in the now. So don't rush through it. Be present in it. And then the second one was, uh, and I love this one because I think it really does capture where I'm at right now. Come home to yourself. The person who you were before you thought you should be different. I really feel like I've come home to 20-year-old Adele, who was a bit weird, loved things that people perceived to be weird, like poetry, could be a bit of a loner, was matching to like her own <laughs> her own drum and like just doing her own thing and was so comfortable in that. And then in my 20s, I feel like I veered away from that, maybe because of the industry and career I went into. I don't know. I don't know why I did that. Maybe I thought it wasn't adequate or enough or right. And so I deviated from that. But now I feel like I've really, truly come home to myself and it really does feel amazing. So that definitely is my second truth that I wanted to share. And then the third and last one is you are really such a small part of this magnificent painting that is the universe that is life and I think there's freedom in understanding your insignificance and you shouldn't take it badly it's it's just understanding that you're part of something so much bigger so even in moments where you think your world is ending because of this that or the other it helps to remember you're a very small piece you end the world you live in is a very small piece of this huge magnificent painting the trees do what they're here to do the birds sing regardless of whatever chaos is happening because that's what they're here to do and more (laughs) the river and, and large bodies of water just are and they all do their part and so you have to do yours which is to live and to just be and this truth 
should bring with it a lot of freedom for you. So there's freedom in understanding your insignificance. All right, let's jump into the song of the week, which was a song I was replaying in that cottage, my God. It's by Sir. I really love him. I love his music. I love everything he does. So you're definitely going to be <laughs> getting a lot more Sir songs on this podcast. But the one I want you to check out is called The Evil. <sighs> If you can't hear the lyrics, pull up the lyrics on Google or whatever as you're listening to the song. I just think there's some lines that are just so beautiful. One of my favorite lines is when he says, life life is worth living when you live it slow motion. Ah, wait, let me pull up those lyrics. I don't want to get it wrong. Aha, uh -huh, he says, because life is so much better when you live in slow motion. Check it out. I'll put a link to it in the description of this episode. All right, let's jump into 100 African stories. Super excited for you to listen to the story because it's by someone who I've always just been fascinated by her energy. It's so real. It's so raw. Regardless of where she is, I feel like she's constantly and consistently just been herself. And it's a story by Nancy Mwai, who is from right here in Kenya. I love this story because she talks about relationships with failure. She talks about relationships with rejection, especially when you are running your own business. <sighs> And even the human parts of that journey she brings out. So I hope you enjoy the story. We recorded it at the rooftop of the building where her shop is. I'll put all the links to her shop in the description of this podcast. And there was like some strange dog just barking <laughs> endlessly in like the next plot. And we were on the rooftop. I'm just like, oh, we're hearing this dog. But so I apologize for that background noise. But you will still be able to hear Nancy and you'll still be able to just listen to the amazing gems she shares in the story a hundred african stories on legally clueless stories from africa so my name is nancy Moy. i'm a digital content creator from nairobi kenya i was born in thika raised in thika and then i moved to nairobi 13 years ago yeah when i came to uni when i came to strathmore after high school life in thika was very very simple you know everybody around you you know it's uh, right now that i live in nairobi it's different i don't know my neighbors you know but there i knew people from the next street the other estate the other estate so it was really really good life i think i loved growing up in a small town but that growing up in a small town is what gave me like big fashion dreams because that's where my fashion dreams started so growing up when I was around five years old I remember I used to sketch a lot but mm, the sketches eh, I still can't sketch but I remember seeing Rogomanduli on tv with the gele I didn't know what it was called I was like it's a thing on her head so I remember sketching that trying to draw it and then I remember I used to have like a Barbie doll that I would make clothes for from rugs so and I even remember even right now in my mother's house in my room the walls are written tops and vests you know skirts you know because they had miniature clothes so I stack them and arrange them and I'd made them from like different you know tatas yeah so they'd have like you know like a reds skirt with a black top you know so that's when i started like stitching but I, I, i'm not a i don't like stitching at all but i remember doing it then and i really enjoyed it that was my 
I think when I realized I think I love fashion. When I was in primary school, our like our gikomba, you can say like our toy market yeah. was called Mokeriti and I'd go there the clothes were cheap. They were like five bob, ten bob, twenty bob. But I'd go buy and sell them for like fifty bob to my friends. And I'd be like I'm gonna make a coin, I'd go sauce, you know? And those things, yeah, that's what I started doing when I came to Nairobi and I went to USIU and I needed to make money. I started going to Gikomba to source, but it's something I had done before. You know, yeah, when I thought of I needed to make extra cash, that was the one of the ways that I thought to do it. I went to high school in Narumoru, a very cold school. In high school, I was a creative, so I, I realized quite quick I was a, I was a creative. I loved going doing the music and the drama and I wasn't there for like the math phase or the science phase that was not for me and also I wasn't I wasn't doing that great in school by the way I think my first year for one I was fourth last man it was stressful first of all you come from ABCD to you know the answer man <laughs> did you read or not but it was culture shock for me I think that's why I failed and okay, I think my mom was so disappointed but you know I was like yo, what, yo whatever it was form one then form two then I think from form three I actually started being serious so I think from four, I think I was top five. I left as top five. And I felt like I just did it so that I could pass. Even when I was choosing what I wanted to do, I wanted to go do fashion. But now coming into, after high school, coming into the real world, and I was like, where do you go do fashion? And I remember I'd chosen Eldoret, Moy University. And actually I was called there, but I'd already started going to Strathmore to do accounting, which I quickly realized... I'm not good at, you know, so I went to USIU for marketing and that was my mom who told me, if you want to do fashion, I'd rather you go do a business course, then you do your fashion after. So knowing that I didn't, I knew I didn't like to stitch and at that point I thought fashion was, you know, my mom had told me fashion is tailoring and I knew that's not what I want to do. So when I went to USIU, that's when, because of being able to express yourself, being able to wear whatever it is I could wear, I had a mohawk. In Strathmore, you couldn't do that. You had to look official. I started a blog and that is where I feel like now my fashion journey started. By the time I was graduating, I had a job at Nation newspaper, Buzz, the Sunday one. I had a, an article I used to write uh, for the fashion trends you know something like that it used to pay me 10k a month yo it was so bad but i did it for two years and i really enjoyed it and i think that's when i after now starting my blog i started doing styling for people tried to start a fashion magazine it was an online one i think it was way before its time it was called kasha and then now i used to work at nation so i stayed there for two years now i had a blog and i was like okay now i think it's time to leave but with that i realized there's so much opportunity in the fashion industry you don't have to know what my mother told me to be a tailor. It could be there's so much. I knew I wanted to be a fashion designer, but I, I always felt like I didn't have the. I didn't go to school for it, and I still never felt the need to go to school for it. So that's before I graduated. I started selling clothes from Kikomba. Just before I graduated, I started selling stuff. That was like I think a year before I started selling stuff because that last year, you know, you had to do the what is called the internship and all that. So now for me, I did a I did a project in and then I started selling stuff. So by then I had a blog. It was doing really well. So I used to put clothes up on the blog. It was called Market Day Friday. There was no Lipana Mpesa back then. You had to send money to... Mpesa had just come, I think, and people would send money to my Mpesa. There were no do these 
to deliver your there were none so what did i used to do my friend and i because we started together we used to go sit at lifestyle upstairs there was a, a restaurant we would sit we have packed everything in some in the juala you come and say it's one zero one zero i give you your order it's nancy here you are it's susan here you go thank you for buying and everything on that Market day Friday was a thousand bob and below, but it was such a hassle. I used to wake, we used to wake up at early in the morning, go to Gikosh, even on a rainy day, saw, saw, you know, look for clothes, look for clothes, then come back. This was the most hilarious part. We would come back tired, like sweaty, wear those clothes, <laughs> take photos. I used to live in Dresa, we'd go upstairs where they we used to anika the clothes, where we used to hang the clothes, take pictures, and they used to look so bad. I see them now, and I'm like, ay, yeah, 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 yeah. There was nothing like content creation but we were doing it for the we needed to make money i've finished school i need to pay rent i have bills my mom is not gonna support me for that long that's what I, yeah that's what i did there was no business model in my gikomba days any money i made we at we shop on a monday or wednesday friday we've sold by saturday the money is done no save like you, actually we just my initial capital is a thousand bob my friend's capital is a thousand bob we would do the same cycle again remove your thousand we cut it into half here's your money here's your money remove your thousand remove your thousand we're done you get maybe it's only like later like six months later, like, okay let's remove like two g's let's try and grow this business no savings no nothing there was a party to be gone on saturday i would go for the party i'd spend the cycle starts again on monday so at that point i started thinking after we stopped doing the combat thing i started thinking maybe content is where it's at so i started putting more effort into creating content and i started now getting better at it joined youtube and um, at that point um, i wasn't selling gikomba stuff per se for a good year and a half i also got pregnant so you know i didn't bother but now it was about content creation and at that point i started growing and reading other people's work seeing what they're doing and then i started now growing a lot as a content creator even while doing the gikomba stuff i started you know doing more articles on my blog writing more doing more research and things like that so i started getting better at it um so what happened next after i gave birth in 2014 april in 2015 january i started a, a shop importing clothes type of shop and that is i think where some of my biggest lessons started because i thought i used to sell market day friday gikomba i was like ah, i could do this easily it's gonna be easy it's gonna be easy but now i didn't account for starting a shop where i'll pay rent i'm starting a shop where uh, i'm importing so the price points of the people who are maybe buying from me before their price points they're like why are you selling at this at this price point this are Jazoya, you know and now also location wise i remember i I was at a building in Westlands and I was on fifth floor and it's a fashion store on fifth floor I'm not an office so for me I thought just having a location people can come to is great as long as I'm on the internet they'll come my god it's not that's not it eight months later I closed down the show one of the biggest lessons I learned from market day Friday was sometimes we'd get a very good garment the problem is you have 30 40 people wanting the same garment so I started feeling like I have one garment that I can sell to one person is it possible to get maybe 10 more to sell to another 10 people so I was like I'll do the import so now I started importing but now with importing comes the time you have to wait it's no longer okay it was easier now I don't have to go to Gikomba with all the mud and all that but now there's a whole importation taxes duty there's you have to source are you gonna travel there or are you gonna source online and then sometimes you can get something you're like okay so I sourced online and it's not what I thought I would get there was a time I sourced for a dress I got a scarf and I did it thank god I bought a 
thank God it was a sample. You know, you thought it was a dress, but it came as like a small fabric that looked like a scarf. But also now employing people, I said learning you have to now, you know, I can't do everything. So I said learning about you, know, you have to delegate, employ people who are good at their job. So it was now was a bigger thing than Market Day Friday. I felt like when I started my first shop, I went in with the same mentality as Market Day Friday. I didn't feel like I elevated my mentality in any way. So I closed down and took my business home. So what I started doing is any stock I had left, I started trying to sell it off on sale. And once I finished it, I just said, I'm not doing this anymore. That was the end of it. Yo, I was so heartbroken. I think I was depressed for like a good three months. I wasn't understanding. I was like, I thought I had these things were going so well. Where did I go wrong? You know, you start replaying scenes and you're thinking, did I do this? Maybe I hired too many people. Maybe I hired the wrong people. Maybe I was in the wrong. You know, you just started replaying and replaying. And after those three months, which I felt like they were necessary for me, but but I think after replaying and feeling pity and feeling bad, you know, I just become a new mom and I was like, oh, am I a failure? What's going on? You know, I think after wallowing in pity, I started looking at those as lessons. I started saying next time, I think if I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go on fifth floor. Next time, I'm not gonna do this. Next time, I'm not gonna, at least I came from a point of, I'm not gonna do this anymore to a, a next time. So yeah, so that was um, the entire of 2016 and at the end of 2016, I launched Shop New Level because I closed closed my shop 2015 August. I remember very well. That was around my birthday. So I, I think I felt so bad. So that entire two, three months, I tried to clear the stock. And then, you know, I, I, I just used to feel just bad about the entire situation. And, you know, there were days I think I wouldn't even leave bed. I wouldn't even shower. I would be like, for what, for who, to do what? <laughs> you know, where am I going? I have nothing for myself, you know. And it was such a, it was such a hard period for me. And then still being a, a new mom. You know, it was a very hard period. I recovered and in 2016, in 2016 is when I relaunched my blog. Because after getting pregnant, I kind of brought everything down. I was like, I don't feel like doing this. Let me start my shop. You know, I know what I'm doing. So in 2016, I relaunched my blog, I think around March. And then now I just wanted to do whatever. Whether I blog or not, I needed that platform to be there. Because that's what I started on. So I still have my blog. It's right there. I may write once a year. It's great. I may write twice a year. It's fine. Whatever it is I feel like doing, I told myself I'll never pressure myself self you know it's whatever i'll manage to do with it as i go but it's good to have a platform that i started 10 years ago i still have it you know i remember even i removed my photos i was an emotional wreck like i just now i even regret it i was like i wish i could be able to show my daughter the first posts i did you know way back where i went to college i had all that now i don't have them in october i registered shop new level and in december i launched a website it started as a shopnewlevel.com it was a website no shop Friends, family were there for me then. Um, I remember, I think we've talked about it with Mandy. We went to Senegal in 2016. It was around, I think, June, July. And oh my God, I remember she paid my cab. I had no money. I had no source of income. I had no blog. I had no, my shop. It was really such a hard time. And I remember she paid for my cab to go to the airport. I was like, so I'm going to Senegal with zero in my bank account. What vibes are these? <laughs> no, like I was in such a bad place. I remember that day and I'm like, what mandy had to buy me food you know because we had to eat out and i was like i told her just give me money i buy some things i'll i'll give you when i get back home it was such a trying time and i can't believe within that i think even after coming out of that depression i still was hopeful and i was like you know what it's okay whatever happens happens but when i launched my blog and i started coming back into content creation got a few jobs started saving up 
And I said, I cannot put this money in another location on fifth floor. So I said, I'm just going to start a website. Let me prove to myself that I can sell on the site. I can, you know, deliver the goods to the customer. And I can do that cycle again and again. I think maybe I felt like I failed because, I, you know, I came back with, you know, like so much bang. I just given birth. I went off for a couple of months and I'm like, hey, guys, I have a shop. And then eight months later, how am I telling people I no longer have a shop? Like, yeah, I was like, but I was like, no, because even when I, I think even when I got pregnant and give birth, like I just, I cleared my Instagram, actually. I cleared my blog, cleared my Facebook. Like at that point, I felt like I was protecting my, my daughter. I don't know from what, now that I think back. Whatever my hormones were telling me at that point, that's what I did. And I think also, I remember saying, I remember even seeing women whose bounce back game was so good and I was like, my fingers are even still fat. Like, I can't understand what's going on. My bounce back did not happen. I really had to go to the gym and really put in work for almost a year to feel like I've changed. So yeah, so I feel like sometimes, yes, the outside pressures of social media can definitely make you feel like a failure. But right, if something like that was to happen to me now, I would not even feel like that. I would come and tell you my failures need so that you know even me I prepare you you know now it will end and I feel like now I'm better because of that experience right now I'm so much better suited to handle it I now know I fail next stand up move on that didn't work next I don't dwell on it because the more you dwell me I can self pity I can just stay there in that moment being like oh she oh yeah oh yeah no I don't do that I'm like okay so that that didn't work so what's the next solution what can we do although I'll feel bad for you know two business days but next I remember because I'm the one who created that website, I remember very well. And I remember, I think I had like four products and I was like, I'll just sell these four products. If they sell out, they sell out. If they do well, they do well. If they don't do well, me, I'll be left with the four products. I'll figure out how I can sell to friends Okuchini or send to a shop somewhere who can sell it off for me. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not going into full commitment. I was already burnt once, you know, but I remember even just getting the name. I remember registering. I, I was so excited getting bags branded, getting, you know, the logo was very simple I mean I was so happy feeling like I've gone back to my element again and I told myself this time you're not allowed to give up you're allowed to change course you're allowed to change your mind but just keep at it whatever is thrown at you just try and see how you can go around it and what you can do with it and that that has that mentality has greatly helped let me tell you making a website the reason even the one i have now i made it the reason i've done it is because i remember when i told my mom i want to do content she gave me money she gave me a hundred k and told me because then websites were so expensive back in the day and i remember i think i paid someone 60k to make it and you know i remember it was so much money when i think back i still get traumatized by that money that i paid and from then after the first website I realized every time I needed for him to do something for me I'd have to pay a fee I'm not earning money from making the content already because it was way back 10 years ago nobody was trying to pay you money for your blogs or your Instagram so it was all purely love so I've already put in money I'm not earning anything (laughs) imagine necessity got me learning how to do websites and from then the next website I did I did it myself and from that time henceforth I've never paid anybody to do my website even now a whole I know I can afford (laughs) to pay someone but when we went into now the rona because i remember i'd already started working on it and then i just gave it up i was like no 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 no, let me not do it let me just you know i had excuses everywhere but you know i told myself you know what you have time start working on that website and i just started now i sat down and started working on because i started i was so lazy i started working on it and i started doing it and 
be managed to launch. It's just the same process making it. It's it's different making a blog than it is making WooCommerce. WooCommerce is much more challenging. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the challenge. Where I can't, I always get a developer to help me and I pay him a fee because I'm not good at everything. But I always feel like I can always build a good structure of the website. And I always I know my vibes. I know what I want, and I'll be able to give myself that. And for my vibes, Najwa, they are expensive. So since I won't be able to afford, let me just do it since I can. The reception then it was good with the four products it was great people bought then now you know i'm trying to get back into the game i'm you know i've come with like some cute stuff i've, I've done my business plan i think i know who my audience is so i kind of started looking at the people who used to buy from me before and start to see what are their similarities what is the you know this new audience that is buying from me so i bought stuff and you know i got the money something sold out of course now it's a website so i went quiet for like two three months and then i came back with new stuff so that was a cycle quiet for a month sell come back i did that for like a year on and off on and off it was nothing consistent you know so that was the entire of 2017 and then with that on and off selling here and there saving what i could still working brand jobs you know as now nancy moi i saved up enough money to start now my shop in october of now 2018 so at least there i was like i think i'm confident and then i was like this is the location i've found we are among other shops it's not i'm among other offices because i thought when the other offices there's no competition zero competition and nobody trying to take my customers hey that was just such a bad mentality what i did is before i launched again like i got a store i wrote down what was essential like get a good location you don't have to be in a mall where there's walk-ins but just get yourself a place where you know even though you called people to come they'll come get a place where at least there's some form of activity even though there's other shops it's fine when you're launching a shop there's the whole there's the structural part of things which i didn't get an interior designer because at that point i'm working on a budget very tight is it clothes i'm gonna buy or is it gypsum i'm going to put so i was like no to gypsum let's buy some clothes i had to hire someone i knew at the beginning i needed to hire someone from the get-go with my previous shop i was the one who was the shop assistant at the beginning for the first three months before i hired i had the stock i really didn't do like a launch party like what i just did the other day with the new space i just you know did my social media thing three days to go two days to go one day to go then i launched and i was like hey shop new level we have a store let me tell you on the internet people will congratulate you you can get 600 comments i think i got almost 600 but i got zero sales <laughs> and people they mean you they're like sis we're coming to spend we're spending all our coins and i'm like where are you where are you i made i think i made two g's that day <laughs> There's a friend of mine buying for the girlfriend. It was like pity, like who my better sales? No, ah, chenkultiem to apujaji jaribu. I remember that day. I was like, hold up, how am I paying rent? I was like, how am I paying rent? If this is the pace people are buying at. Me, I was me, I was like, no, Nancy, we can't go through this again. The second time in public like this, when you have more followers, yeah, ibu autaki. The first day is slow, but the next day people came. It started picking up. Business started picking up. That was in. 2018 yeah. 2019 came you know and i was still learning as i went i still was learning considering i, I don't have any investors these are savings or i'm working as an influencer and throwing money in my business you know so in 2019 there was the whole problem of no uh, the shipments coming in like when you when you ship in with shippers you know like the freight guys yo those things had been caught at the port so i didn't have stock for a good three months then i decided let me buy again 
with a different fright because I had oh their stuff is coming in don't worry it was also then I was like I only have one last chance and I did it and it was still it was still caught in the whole thing I didn't have stock for th- like almost two three months what can you do there's nothing you can do you don't have stock person so there's nothing new I'm like no everywhere everywhere people are just complaining there was like no they were not letting the cargo there was a big big problem I think Uhuru had to go see you know it was even on the news I was like oh so don't worry the traders you'll be sorted okay but it was after such a long time and finally we were sorted but I remember what happened at that point when that was going on it was around I think April May, June. Around that time, I was like, you know what, me, what I need to make something. You know, let me try create. So I said, I went into Nairobi Textiles, walked around, looked at fabrics. I was so lost and confused. I looked at them. I was like, okay, maybe I can. I started doing my my margins now in the form of, you know, now I'm creating something. So can I get someone to create for me? Found a tailor and I made my first sample. It was hor- horrible. But I was like, it's so nice. Oh my God, I love it. Anything that could, anything I was like, oh my God, this is something. You know, because I was like, I have something tangible. It's no longer in my mind. It's something I can see. Now that I look back, I'm like, it's horrible. Because I remember the quality. I still have it. Yeah. I look at the quality of it and I'm like, no, no, Nancy, this is not it. But it was a learning curve. I got a tailor. We made a few pieces and I took pictures. And when I went to launch them, they did so well. And I was like, what do you mean? Okay, so people are loving this that I've made. Okay, not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, people are coming and say, oh, you know, your stuff is so good. Quality, yani. Adam too. And if it is not, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, but I'm going to import it. I'm like, yeah, I import. I'm going to make up. And after that first item that I made, I made I made a few pieces, I think I made like 30. I made, I sold, I was like success. I decided to just buy my first machine, you know, and hire Attila. That's, now that's when it's, it was around mid, mid last year. Well, right now, I feel like, you know, with importing, you get ready-made goods. So I can get 50 different styles just by picking, getting, picking, getting from vendors. You get them and you stock them. Right now, can my brain handle doing 50 new designs? I can't. Because I'm just one person who is also doing the marketing, who also has to work with her, you know, work with my team. I'm also a mom. You know, as in there's so much, I can't do 50 anymore. So right now, it's also about capacity, thinking about what can I give, you know, my customers and my clients. It's now become, it's a bigger... I think it's a bigger challenge which I'm the biggest is I'm enjoying it you know as much as it's challenging but I'm actually enjoying it I feel like this is what I was meant to do now that I do it I feel like this was it I think this is it my journey led me here all those things that I went through all the courses all the failures this was it it was because of now so now it's 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 much it's much more challenging and especially now that I've started creating you're getting a lot of people now plagiarizing my work whether it's the prints or whether it's the design it's happening a lot and people keep telling me it means you're doing something right I don't know whether that's to console me but at the end of the day especially when you've created something you know if I've imported it you know so maybe you might have the same vendor you'll have the same thing as long as you don't steal my content that I've really worked hard to create we might have the same vendor and you could end up selling it at a lesser price but when you create something it's so different it really hurts differently I created the 12 top in October of 20 2019. So this is a year after I've started my shop. This is a few months after I've decided to get a tailor. And I remember creating the design because I, t- I remember saying to my tailor, you know, it's nice that I create all these tops and I'm trying to do the trousers. I was really struggling with the pants because of the sizing of waist to hip. You know, 
I'm new to this as well. It's it was it's, it's a learning curve. So I was like, let me do what I feel I can handle. So I started doing blouses, and there was a good reception for it. Then I remember telling my teller, I need to create something for the holidays. I had an idea of what I w- wanted. I, I I explained it to him. I told him I need it to be one size fits all, so that I can be able to manage my fabrics, so that I don't have many size 16s and maybe size 14s need, and I. I'm not moving the 16s or I'm not moving the 8s and a 12 needs. I need it to be one size fits all. Created the design and we made the 12 top. I remember wearing it day one and I was like, hey, this is so nice. Told my shop assistant, come, 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 take me a video. She took me a video, twir- you know, moving around, twirling. It was just moving and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to call it? I was saying 12 top. I wrote 12 top. I went for whatever it is I was going. I was going for a meeting. My shop assistant told me, guy, Nancy, tumeuza your top, Leo. I was like, what? What do you mean? Maybe that was when I knew I was doing something right because when we sold we ended up selling out in a two days and I had to make new ones that is when I was like there must be something I'm doing right so I guess why that's why it's been the stolen design at this point so after that I sourced for new prints brought in the prints and they all did well yeah they all did well so okay after the 12 tops I still continued to to import so it was both I was importing and I was making just to because I, I don't feel like I have the capacity and I, even at this point I still don't have the capacity to feed like my my client my client base um so I'm still moving on with that as I go and still learning on how to do it so I, I had to import and still make so that I can have a balance as well but as I went aside now realizing this works this doesn't I create something this is good people don't like this with that I was able to actually just test I don't have to fully commit into buying importing bringing on things only for it not to work so now I'm able to test and see if do people like it if they like it I go ahead and produce it if people don't like it I don't bother if I put it up on my Instagram and nobody asks me where is that from I don't bother there's something I created in January oh my god I think I'm only finishing the stock now and my friend told me that top Nancy no but I loved it I loved the design I just I don't understand what went wrong <laughs> I don't understand but my friend told me yo Nancy that design yeah me and I was so you know I really loved it. even to the point I've stopped wearing it I don't hate it per se but I don't hate it I was just like what did I do wrong you know and I think I was coming from the high of the twirl top and I was like yeah here are some new designs guys and then people didn't buy it as much I was like people are not buying and you know it's very clear cut if people like it they will give you money if they don't like it they will not give yeah. it to you but now I said learning like test don't commit to, to doing something if that fabric if I tested and people didn't care I probably use that fabric for something else probably already finished it sold and moved on especially when you're producing here and you're running like a small production thing you know I need to be very much aware of the resources that I have at the end of the day I still have to cover my overheads and cover you know the salaries and everything so I have to be very much aware of what I'm doing so I can't just go making his haphazard decisions thinking yeah this is what people like and that's not probably what they don't want that you know you'd be surprised they wanted something else I could have really saved myself a lot of heartache but now now I'm not I don't take it personally I feel like after that experience I had to go sit down and understand my customer especially during this corona I had to really understand what do what do people want and you have to give people what they want not give them what you think you want to give them because you think you know best give them what they want so when it comes to imposter syndrome I used to go through that a lot because I'd doubt now especially starting to make it's easier to import it's been made it's not my design with time I've started accepting that Nancy Giamini 
and people have also believed in you. And yes, I used to feel like, and even up to today, I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, you never went to fashion school. What are you? What are you? What are you doing? You know, they've gone to fashion school, they've even traveled abroad, they've learned with the best, and you know, they've may can't even stitch to save my life. I cannot tell you running stitch, whatever stitch. I can I can't tell you. You know, I just can't. When it comes to the technical bit of things, no. But you know, I started telling myself there's a reason why you went to business school. There's a reason why you did your marketing because at the end of the day, whatever product it is, you have to learn how to sell it, good or bad. So I said I need to believe in myself. At the end of the day, the bottom line is whatever it is you're creating has to be sold and I know I can do that so I stopped feeling so bad about it but there are days where I'm just like I have no idea what this fabric is called and I have to go watch videos and understand this fabric is like this it behaves like this it behaves like that and then I'm talking to my head tailor asking him so this is good for what you know this is good for that and what that has done we end up spending a lot of money on samples because sometimes I, I need to end vision it. I don't have that mind of, yeah, this is that nice fabric. You look at a fabric, you're like, I can already see what it can make. No, I'll buy it and I'll go make a sample and I'll wear it. Now, what that has helped me do is wear it, walk around with it, feel how it feels. It's washed, dried. We look at it, we're like, okay, it didn't run. It didn't change shape. I end up testing things because I don't have that idea. So I really know what, you know, sometimes there are people who can look at a fabric and they're like, oh, this is viscose and it can do that. It's good for this, it's good for that. But what that has helped me do is just be more creative and figure it out. So you realize maybe a fabric that is used for X may ended up using it for Y and it worked. You get, well, for me, I keep saying success is, for me, is peace of mind and self-actualization. But for my business, what I can say is after I stopped importing, I had one employee, it was me and her. But after I stopped, I have eight. In my own little way, I'm like, I'm building the economy. I'm employing someone. Someone is keeping their child in school. When you're hearing there are no jobs, I'm like, I have been able to sustain people's jobs. Actually, that is a very huge thing for me. I saw the difference. Imagine, because now it means when I import, which is, it's okay, it's fine, there's nothing wrong with it, but it means I'm creating employment to the people of that country that I'm importing from, that office, that vendor, that company. It's never about us here. And I now I kind of understand, the older I've gotten, I, I understand what it does for us as, you know, Kenyans. And it's just pride, as this was created by us. It's for us. It's not, it was created here to be exported. It's created for us here to enjoy it. And it's good quality. So it's something that makes me very 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 proud okay if you have an idea you want to follow your dreams you think you can do this and you're just feeling like i don't know if i'm right for it i don't know if i'm good at it test test it so you want to sell shoes buy a few pairs test if you can sell because what i've realized especially on the age of instagram is you look at someone doing something you're like that i can do how hard is it but until you're dropped in there and you're like oh so i had to create a page so i have to create content you have to import the products you have to talk to the customers you have to get a rider to do this if things go wrong you know things can be you, you can be busy today you can be having maybe mom duties or family function but you still have to show up for your business people don't realize these things it's something that has happened over time for me i can say it's been what i think 10 10 years since i started now the blog and it's led me to this so it's not something i started yesterday you get shop new level is 
four years in the making, you know, and with the other shop, Neon 27, that's what, four, five, it's like six years. You have big dreams, great, it's amazing, but you have to realize you have to, you have to walk the journey. The journey has, you have to walk it, you have to understand your business, you have to learn your lessons, there'll be hard times, you know, they'll always, always come out me, there'll be challenges because for every time you elevate to the next level, there has to be a challenge. So don't think at oh, me, I'm lucky, I have all the money in the world. No, 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 you may have all the money in the world, but let me tell you, there are problems that can't be solved with money. You get, and sometimes when you have all the money in the world, you're finding money solutions where else you don't need money solutions. You actually need to sit down and critically think, what can I do without having to splash money at the, at the problem, you know? To be nice, if all, all of us in business, we can get like money you know and have all the money in the world to do whatever it is we can do but some problems can, need to be solved with thinking you know critical thinking and also research and research your business do competitive analysis you know and start small start small start with an instagram page or start with a website whatever it is start small if you can't if you try and sell your pair of shoes for one pair in three months imagine if you started a shop what would you be doing you know but imagine if you caught on and you realized oh wow so the money i'm making now i can afford a shop you're going to find a shop knowing i already have customers i already have sales i sell this much a month you know so it's just taking small steps baby steps it's easier to take steps to get to wherever it is you're going as opposed to leaping catch more african stories in the next episode of legally clueless I really enjoyed having that one-on-one -on -one session with Nancy. Like, I feel like I got to know her so much better. She was in USIU around the same time I was there, but I didn't know the backstory of when she fell in love with fashion, sketching when she was five years old. Like, <laughs> I always love how when I sit down to record stories, especially of people who either I know or know of, I learn so much more about them. I loved when she talked about the website remember i told you a couple of well not a couple many episodes ago at the beginning of 2020 how i just sat down and immediately we went into lockdown and did my website all by myself because i'd been having issues with the website my former management had gotten this guy who ended up messing the website and then i felt like nobody was trying to rectify it so <laughs> when she was talking about that i was just like yes just make your own damn website when she talked about failure ah uh, especially getting into this space where i'm doing my own thing i'm really trying to take extra time to reevaluate redefine what failure would look like and how it would change me if at all how i would relate with it because you know this is your thing <laughs> And so when it fails, it's so hard not to take it personally. So yeah, when she brought that up, especially dealing with a failed business that you've put in your money, your resources, your time, your strength into it, and then it doesn't work out. Oh, it can be a lot, but I'm, I'm glad that she got back up and shop new level. Her store is amazing. I have gotten some really good rings. I've gotten a chain from there and hats. Oh my God. There's one hat that I recently got from there. It's like a brown straw hat with a blue and red band. Even Fal was like, I think you're overwearing. <laughs> you're wearing this hat. You can't force it to go with every outfit. <laughs> so I put a link to Nancy's Instagram page and also a link to her shop's Instagram page and the website 
So make sure you just check it out, especially now that you know the entire story of how it came to be. If you want to share your story on this podcast, all you have to do is record a one minute story demo telling me a bit about the story you want to share and send that to the podcast number via WhatsApp. And the podcast number is plus two five four seven six eight six two eight seven nine zero. It's also in the description of this episode. And maybe you've just listened to a story or something I've said on the podcast or even just the song of the week and you relate with it so much. Feel free to record an audio note about that and send it to the Legally Clueless hotline as well. Hi Adele, I'm just done listening to the episode of Legally Clueless. I really do feel for the lady always being a top achiever then expecting that things will work out for you and they don't work out for you the way you thought they would can get you really into a right but i would tell her to relax and make sure while she's still looking for a job to make sure that it is something that she loves to do myself i was i was in a similar situation as her almost i end a few months back and i was in a hurry i ended up getting into this institution that well has cost me quite a bit of strife in the last few months and it has really pushed me my anxiety levels are so heightened these days i think it's because of where i work so i would advise her that as much as she's desperately looking for a job she shouldn't let her desperation drive her to a place that she's going to be to even be more sad and depressed because you know working at a place that is not very healthy for you will really affect your life because we spend almost 80 percent of our days at work i would tell her to be patient things are going to work out maybe not today maybe not tomorrow maybe even not this year but she's going to make it because I believe there is no way that you were given such a br- gift of being brilliant and it's all going to go to waste. Something will work out for her eventually. Thank you so much for those kind words. And I completely identify with what you're saying. We spend so much time at work that a toxic workplace will definitely impact your life. <laughs> I know all about that. <laughs> I know all about that, man. <sighs> When you're talking about the impact on your anxiety, it took me right back to my former job and just how I was having anxiety attacks, panic attacks, just, ugh. We really underestimate how much a toxic work environment will affect you. You spend so much time there. Yeah, thank you so much for sending through that audio note. And if you want to send yours as well, send it to the Legally Clueless Hotline. Ah, something I forgot to mention about the solo writing retreat I went on. Of course, I mentioned in a couple of episodes ago that one of the things that I would want to actualize is a short poetry film. So some of the writing that I was doing on that trip was towards that. And I just wanted to share that I do not have, specifically for that, I do not have everything worked out. I don't even know how does one even begin (laughs) putting a film together no matter how short i don't know but i'm doing my part which is writing so i wanted to share that in case there is something you want to actualize and you're just feeling like it's such a huge project it can never be i'll never be able to do this i don't have the skills to do it start by doing what it is that you do and then just see where that goes you know don't be too stressed about it everything 
that's meant to happen happens at the time that it's meant to happen. All right, remember to catch this podcast on Trace Radio in Kenya. If you go to traceradio.co.ke, there's a list of all the frequencies you can catch Trace on while in Kenya. If you're not in Kenya, you can also catch this podcast on Trace Play. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.